Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's the boys. This is the community pub. Guys, tonight, well, I'm celebrating my one-year anniversary. So, the beer that we met off of is Blue Moon. So, it will always be our tradition. I'll continue to drink Blue Moon the rest of my life. And uh, tonight, we're doing a little bit of fun celebration. So, I'm hopping into it. I did get a hall pass. Not too many guys get to celebrate their anniversary and go out to the pub and drink some beer with their boys, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. <laughs> Celebrating some community right there. What a great night. I, I like that. Count my lucky stars right there. All right, so let's go around. Thanks, everybody, hopping in. We got Dustin, Lucas, Alex, cooking with Nick. Great to see everybody. Derek, uh, and let's, let's – what are you guys drinking tonight? And I'm curious, right? We got a lot of weeds growing. Spring is in the air. Spring is all about – New growth, new life, something new. Curious about you guys. What's something new with you? What are you mostly excited about right now, Dustin? Forgot I muted myself, but uh, you know, you mentioned Hall Pass there. You had me thinking about a movie or something I watched sometime. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess not the same Hall Pass though, right? <laughs> Good movie though. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> But but that blue moon there, you can't get wrong with that, man. If you built your relationship around blue moon, you must have a pretty good one. Hard to go bad on that, huh? Ah, uh, you aren't kidding. But tonight, drinking good old trusty twisted tea, um, gearing up for spring and summertime. So got to got to keep that boat body here. Can't be drinking all that, you know, he- heavyweight beer. You know, bush lattes, a heavy beer. What? No, no. But see, we see we do bush light and twisted tea. Okay. That, that's my rotation there rotate every weekend but so bush light packs on the pounds and the uh twisted tea keeps you in the uh the fod physique yeah twisted tea keeps me in the physique and the, the hangovers aren't as bad neither oh that's true <laughs> i enjoyed myself a fine modelo especial tonight hmm. well this might fine you do a little lime with that or how do you do your modelo nope uh i only use uh, I would put lime in it, but I wasn't smart enough to buy limes too, so I'm just drinking it straight. If I order at a restaurant, I always get a little lime in it. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the snow being gone and whatever new car I decide to buy this year. Ooh, what's on the list? You you, you got started going Ooh. through what you're checking off on the list or not? Yeah, right. It's narrowed down between two. It's either going to be a late model manual Chevy SS sedan or oh, one of the new gr corollas <laughs> okay sorry i was too busy laughing uh, derek got derek got a semi hard on right there he's yes, starting to get i love that car i love that car so what was the second one gr corolla yeah derek what do you think well the my my wife's uh, model show dealership and they had one and she told me what the markup was on it. And I'm just going to tell you, good luck, man. She told me some guy came in there and it was $53,000 for that little car. And she she's a works in finance and she could not believe it. She was like, but she said it looked cool. Well, I, I happen to know a couple people that work for and in and run the Toyota's 
Toyota dealerships near me. And uh, I also got a line out on a used one that I won't oh. be paying any of MSRP if I go that route. Good. Because when she told me that, I almost caught it. Oh, good Lord. Like, Yeah, the one Toyota dealer that's closest to me, they, they're they a bunch of assholes. They got <laughs> 10 grand over MSRP for everything on their lot. But then one of, the fam- one of the family-owned dealership groups i happen to know one of the people in that family their whole ethos is that they're not selling anything over msrp so yeah lucky that's a rare breed when when i bought my wrx i paid five thousand more than the sticker price when it was brand new and it had sixteen thousand miles on it At at, at the time i went to buy a new truck and then I, I saw the WRX with the six-speed, and I was like, eh, it's been a while since I've had a fun car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite, that's quite the change-out. <laughs> yeah, I an EcoBoost F-150, and I got on it a little bit. I hit 60 miles an hour, and then it just fell, like, fell on its face. Oil pressure mm-hmm. came up, banged a U-turn, brought it back to the dealership. I said, yeah, <laughs> so let, me, let me take the WRX for a ride. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was a fresh trade in the truck, so there must have been an issue with the. I don't know. I didn't do it. I just. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yo, yeah. I'm drinking this. I gotta put y'all on Fresca, like Fresca the soda. Oh, Fresca, like, man, I haven't had Fresca in years. Dog, it's one of my go-to like mixers because like it's sugar-free. It's like no calorie. It's like a, another version of, of like Sprite, you know, similar vibe there. But like vodka fresca is a goaded, goaded, like incredible mix. And you can put like whatever you want in it. Blueberries, raspberries, my favorite strawberry. But what's the other fleshy fruit that nobody thinks about, but everybody loves? Kiwis. So I'm mm. having a kiwi fresca vodka mixer Whoa. type deal going on. And it's banging. It's good. <laughs> it's like one third vodka, and I can't taste it. It's great. What what um, vodka do you like to use? Core. K H O R. You didn't get the Kirkland, the Kirkland vodka. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> got the you got the I, shirt. I, I, I mean, you got the sweatshirt. You're officially yeah. sponsored by them, so you know. I wish. Yeah, I prefer it. Yes, but like the Costco near me does not sell Kirkland liquor. The oh. Costco. In in Alabama, two hours south of me, sells Costco sells Costco liquor, but for some reason, they don't hear. You know, I, I saw some um, the other day that I almost grabbed, and I wish I would have. Thinking of Fresca, you made me think of it. Was clearly Canadian. Never heard of it. We never were checking out a Target, and they had a bunch of these bottles sitting there, clearly Canadian. And when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago, I saw a vending machine at the tram. You know, that little tram that runs around Vegas, there was a clearly Canadian vending machine there. Clearly Canadian is the very early predecessor to all the, uh, I, I mean, I almost want to call them tonic waters, you know, these seltzer waters, all the you know stuff I love to drink, bubbly, uh, you know, LaCroix, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, I can't drink regular water anymore. And I just got sucked over into being a stupid adult that drinks all of those. But at first, years ago in the 80s and early 90s, it was clearly Canadian. Uh, Make your own, baby. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you know what I'm super excited about? Like, for those of you who 
I don't know. I might have told you this, might not have. Um, but my Tesla store has moved. We tripled in space, um, went from like 7,500 square feet to a little over 60,000. Um, and our shop 16, is pretty huge. 60,000? 60. 60 Holy zero. shit. Yeah. Went from five lifts to 17 overnight. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. So it's a, it's a bit of an upgrade. Unfortunately, my, my detail base shrunk a little bit. Instead of being able to wash four, I'm now only able to wash two. But the flip side is I can now store my finished cars inside so I don't have to wipe them down the next day. That's which awesome. is awesome. It's a very cool thing. So we've been playing with the process, you know, getting supplies and all that for the past, you know, week or past few days, really. This is the first week with us in the building. And um, it's just a, a real big breath of fresh air for everyone. And it's been great fun. And I'm really excited just to see how things keep progressing with it. Because it's it's like our new baby. It's really fun. Like when you get a new car, you get a new baby. And this is my new store. It doesn't <laughs> yet have our, it doesn't yet have our patina of destruction yet, but soon. Patina of destruction. I'm going to put patina that on shirt on about you guys. Patina of heavy abuse and use. So, <laughs> so speaking of new cars, Nick, um, right now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a lot of my customers are starting to buy new cars. And by customers, I mean people in my family, for some reason, are buying new cars. So my mom's got a new Explorer on the way. She paid quite a bit for it, but she wanted uh, one without the captain's chair. It's got the, just the bench seat in the back for some reason. But that's, what, that's what she wanted. I mean, I'm like, wow, no one's going to be in there except for you and dad. Like, we're not, we don't live there, so like, I don't know why you need it, but okay. And then um, I sent Marty the picture, but uh, my, my wife's mom just picked up a new Prius, uh, not Prius, a Toyota RAV4 Prime. Not the color she wanted, but it was, they had one, it sat there for three days, nobody bought it, and she just said, I want it. So, and then couple of other guys have just got new cars too so it's i think it's gonna be a good end of march into april so i'm just excited to finally stop having these random snowstorms up here in the middle of the night you wake up there's snow everywhere and then the next day like dustin from the other week all that little salt crap on your truck and stuff and next week uh i think it's supposed to rain again and i'm just like stop just let's give me some six degree weather and tonight i'm drinking trogues uh, uh what's it called uh Nugget nectar, and this does not does not say it's an IPA on it at all. So I got it for my wife and gave it to her. She took the first sip and she goes, "There, this is an IPA." I go, "What do you? It doesn't say it. It doesn't say it's an IPA on there, and there's nothing that says it's an IPA, but it is. It is an IPA. It's very good though. There is one where this is hot on it, but you drink the nugget nectar. Yeah, I had them on when I went to the store. <laughs> All right, I I'm curious. I'm going to start off with something I've been seeing a lot. I mean, I'm I mean it's it's growing by leaps and bounds, and even some are doing it multiple times a day. And and listen, I'm just it's really really interesting. It's really fascinating uh, about the amount of I don't know what you want to call it uh, emotion around detailing post. Like, there's a lot of people that are becoming their own Gary V in a sense, or, you know, they're trying to become, you know, some big guy that's going to, you know, put out this incredible saying, and it's going to encourage everybody to go conquer the world. Right. And, you know, if you don't do this, then right. Or it's, 
Hey, and I love when people like to use religion and they'll tie in that to tell people something, right? Like it's, it's really, it's getting even more and more and more. It, it seems to be the motivational guy in detailing is really odd right now for me. I find it very odd because what we do is pretty simple. doesn't take a lot of motivation. <laughs> I mean, you go clean a car, but for some reason, we're in this big point right now where I'm seeing nonstop detailer after detailer wants to put out this motivational encouragement. All good. That's you. Cool. You don't like it. Cool. I just want to know what your guys thoughts are. I think it would be a fascinating discussion to hear everybody inside of the community pub to know what your thoughts are. If you're pro cool, tell why you're pro you're against against black. Let's just have a good conversation about it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. There you go, Marty. We're about to hurt some feelings, aren't we? Thank you. Austin would have strong feelings on this. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Like, we're, we're fucking detailers. We own detailing businesses. Most of them micro, small businesses. Like, could you imagine being a, you know, like Donald Trump or super wealthy person? And you're, you're like, we got a fucking guy over here giving us a motivational speech. Like, chill down, bro. Okay. You're not Eric Thomas. You're not uh, – who's the other guy? Tony Robbins. <laughs> like, like nobody cares about your, your motiv- motivational speech, how we're supposed to be on the grind and, and keep killing it and, and just whatever. They take it far, dude. Like some – there's even dudes out there putting out videos every morning of themselves. Like their ego is so fucking big. Dude, there's I don't one know how they fit through the garage so door. Like, like holy <laughs> shit. And it, I don't get it, man. But yeah, I, I find it hilarious. Like, I don't know why we can't just kind of stay in our own lane, focus on giving people the best service possible because your customers don't care about your little motivational speech. So me personally, I like seeing posts about people doing well and encouraging others to do well. Mm, uh, yeah, agreed. I, I don't cool. mind seeing that at all. I love reading through some of those longer ones about you know, everyone has a story and some of them are more interesting than others, but usually it's does me well to see others doing well. Um, something I detest and are disgusted by with the wealth of free knowledge that there is available across the forums, YouTube, podcasts. I mean, there is so much free knowledge. There is no reason any idiot should be selling any kind of internet course to anyone you should not be purchasing an internet course because I guarantee you whatever you're paying for in the internet course, you can get for free and in half the time on YouTube from someone who's more qualified to teach you than the rando douchebag you're paying $100 a month to for his six-week certified training course on the internet. Now, in-person training, there's more to it, and I think there's some value in some of those, but internet trainings are just pissing money in the wind they're never going to pay off or teach you anything you can't get for free on the internet elsewhere so, so lucas i i'm curious your thoughts on this because i i used to there was a point in my career where i put out encouraging messages to people because i felt also similar to you i was like you know what i, I think it's a good thing to put out encouragement to others and and try and encourage other people and then i kind of realized as i went on i I kind of realized, I think I was just more talking to my own self. <laughs> I do see that a lot of that where people are like, I want to encourage you guys, keep your head up. And then they 
you know, six paragraphs about how their shit don't stink and their $10 million shop is the best one in the state. And I can see how there's a lot of grandstanding on it, but I think there is a lot of also genuine posts where I don't see someone just using it as a opportunity to grandstand on their own achievements. But again, I do like seeing people do well. So I guess I might, I might be a little less militant about those posts than Dustin, but Okay, but see, like the the Mogi motivation, like, <laughs> like like I busted, right? Busted. Well, yeah, like, like, I'm an encouraging guy. Like I like him, but and I yeah, I like them too. I like stuff good. like that that has meaning behind meaning and purpose behind it. But what we're seeing is a bunch of ego driven people on the internet that want to be the next Eric Thomas or Tony Robbins. Like, like chill down, bro. Like be, you know, be encouraging, help out others, lend a hand, send them a DM. Don't make everything so public. (laughs) But it's uh, it's funny because the one, the one person that comes to mind for me, I'm not going to mention who, but the actual value that they offer the groups is fucking non-existent. I, and we're probably talking about, it's it's all about channeling people (laughs) back into their business using the groups and like and they, they post like all kinds you. of emotional fucking bullshit and like don't don't get me wrong there's people that that come from a hard pass and and detailing might have got them out of some shit um i've certainly been through a lot in my life um but there's there's a fine line between the guys that are sharing their story and trying to motivate others that might be going through the same shit and then the people that are posting the emotional bullshit because they like to hear themselves talk <laughs> they like to hear themselves talk. Boy, there's a lot of that going on right now. <laughs> a lot of people that like to hear themselves talk in this industry. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, they just take it to a whole new level. And like I said, I don't know how they fit into the garage doors in the morning to go get some work done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shit, bro. But then you got, like, you know, like the, the OG, you know, Mogi motivation. Like, that was cool. That was heartfelt. It gave you a little something to – to feed off of for the week and uh you know kind of stuff like that has its purpose but there's too much ego going on in the industry and too many people trying to be the the next tony robbins and uh and those are usually the ones that go out of business first you don't see them last very long nah it's just floating around on social media it's kind of funny to see you know how many people start talking just because they can and just because they found an easy way to gain an audience you know, I think in general, like the world and, and society does need a a healthy dose of positivity often because social media is so filled with negativity and it's really easy to gain clicks with negativity. But at some point you have to step aside, look from a third party view and look at the overall general picture and, and draw the line between ego driven and, you know, ego petting with self-centered posts that are under the guise of motivational draw a line between that and encouragement and guidance towards finding the intrinsic reasoning behind what you're doing and detailing and that's the kind of stuff that like keeps me going forward is that kind of guidance towards the reasoning and leading by example for the leaders that are really showcasing their work and not just bragging about the cars they're doing and calling it motivation. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was going to be my question. Are we talking about videos of people bragging or people being motivational? Because those are almost two different things. Um, they are. I, I actually, I, I appreciate motivational videos no matter who it's from because there's a lot of negativity on the internet. So it's, it's nice mm. to see those videos sometimes and, you know, totally. just hear some positive things. And even if it is a detailer, yeah, we're detailers. We're not. We're nothing special. I agree, Dustin. That's a unique but, perspective, Brandon. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you shared it because that is what some people would say is like, yeah, there's so much out there that's so bad. And inside the groups, Alex, as you mentioned, right, there's so much negativity inside of the group. So when somebody goes on, there might be people that go on to combat the negativity and they feel like that's their role in a sense as being a positive minded person. I need to interject my feelings and my sentiments right now because I'm a positive person. I have to go combat, you know, the evil, the, the negative that's out there. <laughs> so you guys uh, are all true. on TikTok, right? Everyone yeah. is kind of, no, no? Well, anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a TikTok account called TikTok. Dirty to Dreamy LLC. And I love that dude. He He's kind of he's super motivational every video is kind of time lapse with him talking about something that's either a story from his life in business or a process on how he does it's mostly business focused rather than it is detail business even though it is a detail business but it's all like has a positive arc to it and it's actually quality content where he's not necessarily bragging but more so sharing stories about lessons he's learned in his path to where he's at yeah, I, I agree. That's with a you. different that's... style, right? That's a different style of motivation. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the original question, and we're feel free to take it wherever you guys want. That's why I was open ended, which is great. I'm glad you asked that, Brandon. Um, is is it's the you know, Dustin, as you talk about this grind porn, and it's uh, we're getting <laughs> it today. And I listen to the ones that get that's me are the ones that use religion to back what they're doing. As if somebody that wrote something so many years ago in a completely different part of the world is thinking of you in America trying to go wash more cars. Like, and let's not forget about the amount of debt that you're in and let's not forget about the lifestyle that you have, but suddenly you need to encourage everybody that God is for you and you're going to overcome all these troubles of your world and your life. And it's like, you're in America, <laughs> clean cars. What's so hard? Thank you. Yep. I heard a pastor one time say he was like, you know, most of these businesses that name their that they name their businesses after something biblical, biblical, they end up failing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> because not every one of your customers is a Christian. Don't do that. <laughs> and there's like, the other part of it, right? Like, boom. and I don't even mean to interject, you know, religion or Christianity or whatever you want to into this discussion, but. That is part of the problem with interjecting so much of your own personal beliefs about God is you can start to fend off people who would Divide no longer want to do business with you. That's any personal belief or thought yeah. or opinion. I, my Facebook now versus what was on my Facebook 10 years ago, vastly different because of the simple fact that I own a business. Mm hmm. I'm shocked yeah, that a business it. owner would. And I'm people sorry. like to get their fucking opinion across, even if it's going to hurt their business. There's a there's a post right now um, that has to do with 
what people, what this girl's naming her packages and in, in her, for her detail business. And it's something that she thinks is fine. Everybody's telling her, hey, listen, you're going to lose clients because of this. But because she thinks it's cool and she likes it, she's going to stick with it. And you got you got to differentiate between, like what you like and what you think is cool and what the more the majority of the people that you're trying to sell your business your your services to is going to like. I'm shocked any business owner portrays any belief or anything into their business when people are so sensitive. Even talking about your favorite football team as a business owner can send yeah. everyone away from you. You know what I mean? Like I don't even like I don't even like to talk football with my clients because you, you never know they might hate your team. Everyone's so sensitive now. So. <laughs> And Dustin, to I mean, kind of one of your points a second ago, it, you, you got to think of it this way too. I, I know as uh, Nick Walters is hopping in, great to see you, man. You know, we put out that episode recently. I think it was one that you specifically talked about, you know, how to gain these wealthy clients, how to gain people that have wealth. Dustin, to your point a second ago, like, so how many of those clients are going to see what you're doing and be like, yeah, man. Or is it another type of clientele that might see that and latch on? Because I think the person with the money isn't going to look at a detailer and go, yeah, I'm with you. I want to, I want to hire you because you're so encouraging. Don't they grind. Yeah. That's like I'm saying. This guy's man, an emotional uh, basket case. I'm going to go with somebody else. Right. There's some, dude, there's some dudes in my area that are, and these guys are in different industries. But the one claims he's like the king of, well, he is some weeks he's a detailer next week. He's doing something else. Uh, but the biggest motivational speaker on God's green earth. And then the next week he's like out of business. And the next week he's an alcoholic. And to, to my point, like the, the successful guy that you're trying to chase down to be your client does not give a shit about your motivational speeches. He probably thinks you look like an idiot, to be honest. But hey, man, he's glad to have you come clean his car. <laughs> so, Derek, what are your thoughts? So uh, I, and this is probably like we get, we got a lot of guys already kind of said a lot of stuff, but I always think that a lot of people that post that stuff have some kind of ulterior uh, motive going on with it. Where I just feel like they may be looking at the industry and going, okay, well, I got a lot of new guys getting ready to start up. Spring's coming up. So all these people are going to be starting their mobile detailing business. I mean, at the store, I get that all the time. They got the two guys walk in and go, we're going to already start a business. We need to, and they'll buy a bunch of stuff and you may never see them again. But if I talk all this motivation and you can do this and you can do that, they're going to, I might get a message from these guys and they may start either they're selling products or selling some kind of service. Like people are saying, and I, that's the feeling I always get when, when I, I watch some of those posts, like there's something else going on in the background that you don't know about. And people will will click on it or listen to it and, and maybe fall for it. And I usually just kind of just, you know, look at them and just go, okay, cool. But um, I like the, like, like kind of a lot of people are saying, I like the stories when people post stuff about like, you know, different things that happen in their business. I kind of like when it started bad and then it got, a, it got, it worked its way up to being good. I always love that. Those kind of stuff. I have certain podcasts, like um, what's it called? Jimbo's podcast used to be like that where they have like the, how they got started stories kind of, gives you motivation for the week. So I like that kind of stuff. But when they start listing all that, like uh, religious stuff, I'm like, oh, something's going on. So. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. 
All right, Mr. Walters has hopped back in. Thanks so much, man. This Are is going to be grind porn? and then I'm curious for you what you think. Are we talking grind porn here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Going at yeah. the perfect time. Oh. <laughs> Guys with three bucks in their bank account telling you why they're killing it? <laughs> uh, yeah. I Look, man, everybody can use positivity. I would say, would you rather hear from Michael Jordan or the dude that played the JV in high school? I think that's the problem with the internet. Okay. And I'm assuming we're talking about the detailing industry. Uh -huh. Man, uh, it's Marty. I don't know if you said this, but it's gotten to a fever pitch of certain types of people who seem to be doing this a lot. I, I'd love to know the motivation behind it because I, I think there's something I still haven't kind of put two and two together, but I, I always tell everybody exactly my thoughts on a guy like Gary V. You know, people never caught on for a very long time. He was going to sell you something because he hit it. And I have no problem with the guy selling something, but it was hidden for a very long time. So now when you watch people like that, you go, hey, man, he may have a good message, but he's selling something. And I think it's kind of underhanded not to be honest about that. Um, personally, doesn't mean I don't like it. Doesn't mean I don't get information from the guy. But I, I feel like this is all kind of started on the Internet on the wrong foot with a lot of these guys. And now, you know, somebody listens to an audio book or, you know, listens to a podcast and all of a sudden the remarks made on that podcast are being shared on their detailing page. It, I, I find it very rare when I go, this is authentically who the guy is, because I think you can get a sense if that's true, truly who that person is. And Marty and I, I think have a really unique position that we know a lot of these people. I mean, some of these guys have been around a long time. Boy, if the real story was out there, you wouldn't be taking motivational advice. It doesn't make them bad people. I'm not judging them. I'm saying that's what gives this cloud of problem over the whole thing is that some of you know the guy's doing that. Dustin shared it. You know, one day the guy's a detailer, next day he's at the AA meeting. When you have that dichotomy in this whole thing, man, I think it's really tough to trust this motivational stuff. And so if I can't trust it, how valuable is it? And uh, I can tell you, wealthy clients, first of all, aren't on Facebook, and they don't care about your Facebook page, and they don't care about your opinions on your Facebook page, unless you start to work with really exclusive people, and then they're researching you, and these things could disqualify you from ever working for them, uh, because that happens, and I've gotten plenty of clients because they said, hey, we were working with this guy, and he got kind of crazy on social media, boom, he lost a big client. Uh, I don't know what the benefit is. I think it is getting to a fever pitch. I, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but for some reason that's happening. Yeah. I have no like real desire to hear sermons on social media about, you know, God, this God, that, or, you know, like, like you guys said, bringing religion into it, but just this long winded, like, needless message of whatever and so forth like i said like a sermon but again you know positivity encouragement and helping to find a reason is 
a great form of motivation that is good. I, I just think it's it's being these quote motivational people are are hiding it in other ways and, and putting other messages in there that are that are, you know, like Derek said, you know, ulterior motives. Um I just wish there was more, you know, find what's best for you kind of Nick, let me ask piece. you this, cooking with Nick. Yeah. Do you think it's as Derek, like you said, is do you think it's alternative motives? Do you really think it is or Listen, I'm going to push back, and this is the purpose of having a pub and everybody can yeah, talk back totally. and forth. I'm going to push back. I don't think it's that. I literally think, you know, because they say there's a philosophy or psychology around this idea oh. that, you know, if somebody's, you know, fighting somebody or somebody's going to go and, and argue and yell, right, somebody's going to hurt somebody, it's because what? They're hurt. I really yeah. think because I, I started to look back when I started to look over some stuff and I started looking at it, I was like, you know, when I was my most not necessarily mogi motivational, Dustin, but there was times I remember that I look back at some post that I just wanted to spit my latest thing out to people. I mean, this was like 2011, 12, right? This was 10 plus years ago. And it was in a point in time where I was in a real tough situation. Right. Later in life, I became in a tough situation with the divorce, the, the kids leaving and all that. But in that period, when you're starting everything, I was starting like I needed my own motivational. And so I felt for some reason I needed to go tell other people to be motivated because it it actually built something inside of me. And Brandon Shaw, I think that's a little bit of your point. And this is the reason why I bring that up is because I look at some of this and, and Nick, you mentioned this like fever pitch in a sense. I think there is a fever pitch right now as well. We've talked about economy or there's tough times going on or people, as I know, like we talked about their massive credit card debts or they've had these massive problems. So now they got to go fight their way through something. I think when I see those from detailers, I go, Ooh, you're in a tough spot. Yeah, they yeah I, I agree. You're most motivated when you're backed into a corner, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and when you put something like that out, you know, putting something like that out on Facebook, you get some people that like it, that interact, and it kind of feeds you a little bit. So I think there's a lot of that going on. People are having a tough time. They're backed into a corner. They put all this stuff out there. They're on the grind, this, that, and the other. People like it. They interact. They comment. It feeds them a little bit, and they feel better about themselves. So... Uh I was going to say, it's almost the same thing that people that when they post like their, 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 their problems on Facebook too. I mean, I, we, I had a girl went to high school where if they would post, you know, every single time something terrible happened or like boyfriend left or that, she'd make like these long winded and it was, you know, they're not videos, but they're long, like 13 paragraph, you know, posts. And you'd be like, well, damn, your life must be terrible. But then you would get all the people commenting, all the people like, liking it and saying I, and like dustin was right you get like that that kind of like oh you're doing good just then in your head you're like okay well my you know these people are saying all these good things about me it, it's not that bad and then you feel better so then i guess people are putting out these posts and, and i think i'm not sure who said it but like this time of year when like you're getting after the winter you're now getting into spring and it's like well now keep pushing keep going forward because now the good times are coming because now the nice weather is coming so it's mm -hmm. like don't give up yet we're almost out of this. And then I think that's why you're seeing most of it. But I guarantee you once spring and summer kit, those might drop back down and then we'll get more people posting these beautiful car mm -hmm. pictures and stuff. 
I love like super short format, like pump ups. Like I I got a a good buddy of mine here that, that worked with me and he, he um, owns a a small detailing business and he'll post, you know, like a story, you know, washing a car, nothing special. Like, all right, 6am, let's get this bread. And I'm like, word, you're having fun. You're enjoying it. Like love seeing that. That's the kind of thing that gets me motivated. What I personally, personally, I'm not interested in is like a motivational video where somebody's like just sitting in a chair and like staring at a camera and, and just like sermon for 15 straight minutes of like, oh, I think we're all that way. I think we, we can probably beat that to a dead horse. Right. I think none of us <gasps> really enjoy that. I think what, the, the worst ones are a grown man standing, looking off into the sunset with a motivational uh. voiceover. <laughs> don't go there. There's a right way to don't go, go there. No, no, no. <laughs> I really feel like Dustin and I have the same person in mind. Oh, yeah, yeah buddy, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. All right, so at the, the end of last episode, we had a guy that uh, stayed on and, and talked to to me and another guy, and he was asking some questions, and it was it was really great, and I'm I'm thankful for Wesley for staying in and answering some of those questions and being part of community, right? Like that's what it's about. Well, you know, this guy, unfortunately, which I've heard before, we have had a couple issues here locally where OSHA comes in. Usually it's in a dealership setting or it's in a big volume place, but sometimes it's a mobile detailer that gets stopped and they're curious about, you know, do they have any type of containment mats or it's a, you know, question about these labels that aren't on a bottle or something right it it's only happened i think three times in the 20 plus years that i've been in business right that i've even heard about now i've never knock on wood i've never had somebody come into my business and dig through it but we run a pretty good operation there at hq hey nick what do you think yeah pretty solid isn't it I don't know. Sometimes Nick hears some of the stories and it's like, he's like, Oh shit, I need to get on a flight. Like I need a red eye out of Vegas into Tulsa, not the other way around. (laughs) Uh, but Dustin, man, I'm, I'm curious as we go around, I mean, what are some of the things that you guys do to, you know, is it precautionaries or, you know, you, you, you've had something where OSHA or, you know, Something along those lines, because this is a guy that is is similar to many of our other listeners that this is a whole nother, right, Nick, as we talk about there's levels. There's a whole nother level that most people don't think about is I'm just trying to get customers. I'm trying to get this funny. I sent Nick a picture earlier of a guy in a group, post a picture of his new shop, and he was asking people now what to do, right? Like there's so many people that do that and they're like, okay, well, now how do I do this? And it's like, okay, how do you prevent something bad from happening? How do you prevent OSHA from coming in and giving you a fine? What is that that you guys have done to kind of help alleviate some problems? Oh, man, Uh, I think it's important to have, you know, a a process set in stone of how we do things, uh, ways to protect yourself. And, you know, it's important to have all those measures in place because, you know, I've worked in a couple of different industries. I've been a mechanic and I've been in oil and gas and they take safety really serious because, you know, you've got OSHA and all these other things up their ass that, you know, one mishap and they can be in some serious fines. Right. 
Um, so for me, it just kind of keep it simple, simple and, and drill it into my guys. Like, Hey, if we're doing coatings, you need to have gloves on. If, if you're using the tornador, you need to have safety glasses on, like, like put the shit on. It's here for the reason. And, you know, gloves and safety glasses. And we've got respirators for if we're doing some other stuff that we need, because the chemicals that we deal with are not healthy for you in the first place. Um, and then like, dude, I was standing at the bar in our shop the other day and I had something get in my eye. <laughs> Wasn't doing anything. Was just standing there. So for an hour I had like an eye patch on. I had to have my wife go get me some eye rent stuff. Still couldn't get it out. So it's like simple stuff and you know, having a first aid kit at your shop. That's a must. Yeah, hold have. on a second. You had to have your wife go get you an eye rinse. I'm pretty sure that's a standard <laughs> thing inside of a first aid kit. And it is something no, that every no, no. detailer should have. If anybody hasn't gotten I listen, I, I've gotten just a little bit of something, right? You've all done that. You mentioned toy yeah. which is perfect, right? Like Nick's favorite tool to use. And uh, he loves it, but you, you definitely should be concerned. We've talked about the respirator for if you're using the chemical that sprays out. But if you're just using the air, the amount of shit that flies around, you're absolutely right, is nothing compared to, though, the time that I got hit when I was changing a hose out and I got hit with a pressurized chemical straight into my eye. Oof. Oh, yeah. That's that's yeah. something y'all don't want to deal with. So no, you no. have to have eye rinse. It's a well, must. So, so we had we had must. an eye rinse, but I needed something a little extra. I needed that little cup that you stick over your oh, eye yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. And you stick your head up and you just yes. blink it. Because dude, I had the hose from the sink like straight into my <laughs> eye. I had. I, I was like about to take the air hose and just blow into my eye. It was so bad. I like, oh. just throbbing. And I, like I said, I wasn't doing anything. I was standing there on my laptop at the bar and just out of nowhere. And this happened before, like a couple months ago. And it went on for like an hour straight. And I was like, you got to go get me that big bottle with the cup and everything. So, uh, yeah, just standard procedures like that. I uh, haven't had any experience with OSHA, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it's important to have some labels and stuff like that. I don't think we need to get carried away with it because we're kind of low scale. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're in a position where OSHA comes in, dude, that's that can be a scary situation for a small business owner. So I can confirm I've also worked a lot of different jobs. I have had every automotive fluid and chemical in my eyes at one time or another. Brake clean is the worst possible thing you can spray in your eyes. And I highly recommend oh. you pay attention to which way the nozzle is facing before you, you spray it. Because if you spray it yeah. in your eyes, like my dumbass did, you're in for a world of hurt and a trip to the eye doctor. I have uh, my buddy. Uh, yeah. Um, as far I live in Michigan and our cumulative regulatory agencies is a single dude with water test stripes that goes around the whole state for a week every year so i very few people even run into osha and those that do are more so in the construction industry than uh any kind of or manufacturing we don't have a whole lot of you know anything of scale might run into an osha guy or an inspection city inspector for construction but as far as 
any other environmental or any kind of regulations like that we really don't have any uh so i i ran into an ocean inspector once on and his name is bill and it wasn't when i was a <laughs> sounds right it was yeah his, his name bill. would be bill he's yeah. the one guy we have for our greater grand rapids area which is like a million people so there's like him and two other guys that work out of the same office and bill's always been pretty cool he's not like the traditional really wish they'd kind of fuck off osha guy he's actually always been kind of neat so i've never really had any problems but yeah just make sure you got a box of band-aids roll of duct tape something to stop some bleeding and something to wash your eyes out with <laughs> oh classic roll and duct gloves tape. roll duct gloves. tape gloves gloves are i i will not touch a steering wheel without gloves i won't even open the door without a pair of gloves on my hands because yeah. no we've all seen too much i am not off. touching that with my bare hands i mean i, I catch hands. myself picking my nose like sitting at a red light sometimes <laughs> you can only imagine what people's hands go yeah i'm but gloved I, up I'm, all the time you don't think of and that what shit. what i want to know is what what are all these people doing clipping their goddamn toenails? Dude, I guess I get so that. much of that. Why do I Listen. find so many fingernails and toenails in cars? It's that's not how, okay. That's sitting outside my house. The whole floor was covered in fingernails. And I called my wife out. Come take a look at them. I said, hey, look, those are so cool. And she looked at them. She was like, what are those? I go, those are fingernails. And we know the guy. And I, I, I got to talk to this guy. That's that's nasty, but I think the worst is the the booger stuck to the seat. Listen, I'll charge biohazard, of course, for like I'll do feces, I'll do vomit, I'll like that shit. I'll do. If you show up to my shop with boogers stuck to your fucking seat, you're gonna turn the fuck around and you're going to the <laughs> I'm not because that's that's like a whole new level of of nasty. Like people have Wait. have accidents. Like, like I did one, the lady blamed her dog for, for peeing in the car, but it was in the driver's uh -huh. seat. She knew what she did. So I think that's kind of unlikely. I think it was her. She knew what she but, did. Yeah. So that, that's one thing. But to, like, have somebody that's nasty enough to purposely stick that shit to their seat, like, you got to you gotta go, man. Dog, oh, I ain't even going to lie. Look that shit out the window. Underneath my seat is full of boogers. Not even going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> so bad, man. I God. clean them off myself, so I, I, I'm not dropping yes. it off at any of your shops. Yeah. I'll clean that shit <laughs> off myself. Butter. Your body made it, so it's okay. So Yeah. Just fucking eat them like the rest of us. No. Yeah. Wrong. Much, wrong. It's I, like gummy. It's I, like gummy bears. I do have... I do have a line somewhere and eating it is is the line <laughs> <laughs> Marty, marty's dying over here and i don't th i don't know if it's because he's laughing or if, if the fucking parkinson's is kicking in already no no he's <laughs> we're talking about talking about, eat, talking about eating booger marty's like these people i don't know about these people anymore <laughs> dude oh. i can't imagine being like you know a one two person you know like company job llc whatever and running into osha and getting screwed over like that would suck so much but i work for a you know the quote biggest car manufacturer at the moment and we have a whole wing of the company dedicated biggest? to biggest yeah i was gonna say toyota, toyota 
I'm um, pretty sure it's still the big. They're talking about market, market cap. Market yeah, market cap. Oh. Oh. yeah I'm, I'm talking about market cap, but um, I work for a huge company, and you know we got a whole wing of the company dedicated to making sure that you know the regulations are met. And I've met a, several of those people in the company, and so I got one at my store this week. You know, this whole week looking at things. But guess what? They're all like really supportive in my company and, you know, they're chill about things and they're just like, all right, you need labels for this? I got you. Here you go. You need SDF sheets? Here you go. You know, they're all real supportive about it, but I've never met an OSHA inspector and I, I no, I don't want to. No. Yeah, no, I, Nick, I'm so, I'm so glad you said that because that is a, that is a level of perspective that we should all take a look at. You've got a large business that most dealerships will do this unless they start getting into that little bit of a shady type of dealership. Mm -hmm. But a lot of your big dealerships and they're going to do large volume of money. They're going to want to make sure that they don't have things that are going to come and bite them later. So they actually pay. There's a separate company that they'll pay to come in and audit them before they actually get hit with OSHA because it's easier to just pay the audit company and make sure that you're running operational, not only for the employees, but also in case OSHA comes in, they got zero issues. That's a regular thing on, mm -hmm. like I said, working with dealerships, you can also understand who is on different levels because that's one thing that the upper echelon dealerships, they would pay for these people to come in like you're talking about and make sure that they're okay and the lower ones never would, they'd run that risk. So yeah. it, it is a thing for us to all think about. It's been really fun to watch it over the past, like, you know, two, three weeks as my new store has been getting finishing touches. A solid amount of those things have been like tiny health and safety touches, like making sure the sign that's for the iWatch station is above head and visible. Or that the fire doors aren't blocked. Or, you know, we have labels. Or certain spacing is around electrical boxes. And things like that, that, you know, you wouldn't think twice about, you know, in a shop, you know, just another dirty old shop. But with a massive crew setting up a multi-million dollar building here, like, that stuff gets knocked out, gets knocked out right at the beginning. And there's all hands on deck to make sure that stuff is right from the beginning. It's kind of cool to see that, you know, some of the hidden people in the company come out of the woodworks and, and make themselves friends. So the, um, at least with my experience, so I, I'm only doing it uh, part-time. I've never run into um, OSHA, but I have really the last couple of months have been making sure everything's labeled. Because I think I texted Marty about this. I had a um, incident where I had my brother with me and I just told him to grab a random bottle and to spray the windows down and clean them for me while I was doing something on the exterior. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey man, stuff you're spraying is stuff. This, this window cleaner is crappy. It doesn't work at all. Like it's smeary. And I was like, smeary? Like, what, what are you talking about? And I look over at the bottle that he's using and I smell the air and I go, Oh no, he was spraying dressing all over the windows and on the in uh -huh. and the outside because it wasn't labeled. The glass cleaner was labeled, but the dressing for some reason I had put it the in a worst thing out. to put on windows too. Right? Worst thing to put on windows. Marty, Marty, I was like, 
I had to. I said, "Listen, like you go take care of the exterior. I will have to sit here now and yeah. super clean the windows." <laughs> but I had glass cleaner. At that time, you almost want to get steel wool and like some yes. alcohol and oh, just start scrubbing. Light. I I use I use a panel wipe. I use wipe. I had to use wipe and everything to get off. But what I ended up doing is uh, my brother took care of the rest of the dressing the tires, not the windows. <laughs> and I I took care of cleaning the windows, but that's when I was like, uh, I gotta stop having like, oh, grab the grab the red bottle for this red bottle. So now everything has a label, or I I, I even I even have like, I wrote like Sharpie on them now just to make sure. But uh, I've never been a stop, but I have. Um, it's funny you talk about the audit companies because when I used to work for Best Buy, we had a company that would come in to do the audits to make sure the emergency exits were all correct and stuff and. I never understood why. And then this, when you said that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because it was every week. Everything had to be like tip top. Like, oh, crap. This, this auto company is coming. It used to be a pain in the ass. But like, if the, if the shit wasn't right, like, they could get fined. And I never understood it. Now, I did not know that. That's crazy. And it's not, it's not just the fining, right? It's also what you just talked about. It's also about the production of the business and making sure that everybody's doing the right thing. We're all in the right procedures. We're all doing this. Like... And it also helps their safety. So ultimately it helps the yeah. business workers comp and helps the business, helps the employees. Like, you know, I worked for a company that was actually shut down by OSHA. Really? Yes. Um, I was a diesel tech a while back and I worked for this trash hauling company and we were doing things like I was tight roping 25 feet in the air on the side of the trailer filled with a bunch of cut sharp metal. You're like type roping across, yeah. and then you're using... a dodge too, pulling that thing. <laughs> and then you're using like you ever see wall jacks? You ever see wall jacks or ceiling jacks? Um, no. There's like big long yeah. jacks that you gotta. You just oh yes, yes, yes. I'd be in between yes. two trailers in the shop, 25 feet in the air, using my foot to jack one wall into the other one so I could fix the crossbar in the middle because it broke at the. Uh, the trash place they bust it with something so I'd have to use another wall to push this wall back in so I can weld it and then they'd have us pick up the loaded trailers with bottle jacks like I remember once I was like pumping one up and it went boom right by my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, them trash them trash truck companies pay real good don't they <laughs> I, I actually made it I did but uh, Dude, I, I, we also I worked entered. on split wheels without a cage Oh fuck that! Yeah, God, oh. I, work, I was working at this company and they brought me a set of split wheels off this old trailer, and uh, they're like, "Hey, can you bust these down?" I said, "I tell you what, you throw them in the back <laughs> of that truck there, and I'll take them over to the tire company, and they can bust them down." I said, "I ain't messing with those." We'd seal the tires with ether and just watch the wheel go up like five feet in the air when you light it on fire. Oof. Oh, that's metal. That is metal as oh. fuck. For those, for those of you listening that don't know what split ring wheels are, um, yeah, it's a semi-truck wheel that's very dangerous from long, long, long time ago. Stay away from those. Oh, no lie. Somebody died, too. Uh, uh, it was sad. It was uh, another kid. We did road calls, and we'd be on the side of the highway for DOT, and we did a lot of work for a family dollar place, and they sent one kid. He was working on the door. And they're really tightly sprung springs that hold the door and operate the door. Well, the guy was trying to hold it with a vice grip and it snapped. And they found him the next day with the door 
stuck on his head and it was like the middle of winter. Damn, oh, that place shit. is dangerous, man. That was crazy. But OSHA shut them down. And that's like some breaking bad shit where that guy went in to go, they put that guy underneath the car, and then the other guy goes in to try and help him out and carve classes. Like yeah, bad stuff right there. Cook, cooking with Nick had some good stuff. I, I'm glad you talked about that. Uh, I want to hop over to Mr. Walters there. This is going to be interesting. How many crews you got? Four? Five. I mean, you probably get hit by OSHA on a weekly basis there in Vegas. I bet you they're <laughs> crawling all over you like crazy. No. Like stink on doo-doo. No. Like white on uh, rice. Our stuff is labeled. Uh you know, gloves are in the truck. Don't see them getting used all the time. Oh, uh, right. I've still, I've still never used gloves ever. So there's a little fun fact for you. A lot of people just leaned in. They weren't sure they heard you correctly. Right. Can you yeah, they heard me that correctly. in all your years of detailing? What did you just say? Never. Not once. Not even when you're coding? Because I don't wear gloves. I, not even coding. I have gloves on. Well, I got a question for you. Do you use a saver applicator? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So why would you need gloves? Are you spilling it's it on so, yourself? The, the fingerprints on the finish in case I yeah, touch yeah. it or in case anything happens. I know how to hold a towel. I, I, I never had that issue. <laughs> I don't know if you ever did it in a hundred degree garage and you're dripping all over it, but I buddy, mean, it, it gets to one fifteen out here. It saved me I mean, plenty of times. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I've never I I've I've tried to understand it with the coding thing. You know, the OSHA thing is an interesting thing. I, I think OSHA is very state and city dependent. You know, you're seeing that some people have a very strict OSHA near them. That's usually the leader in their areas, kind of a, you know, government bureaucrat trying to make a name for himself. Uh, you know, you can get lucky, you can get unlucky. Uh, you know, like, like Nick said, you know, Tesla has multiple states and, they got a whole unit and they're operating at a certain level. You know, dealerships are very public entities in a local city. So they're under a lot of scrutiny. Like you shared, Marty, like if you own five car washes, 10 car washes, you'd be under huge scrutiny in Tulsa. Right. I mean, I, I really think OSHA is very, very locale dependent. Very. It seems Agreed. to me. Um, and volume dependent I, too, I guess, to your point. What's that? You said locale, but also like volume, right? Like the yeah, amount yeah. of business you do, you're going to attract them more than sure. other people wouldn't. Um, and, you know, when you're a mobile guy, for those listening that are mobile, you know, you're not going to, they're not going to hunt you down in a truck. You know, that's not how this stuff really works. All right, so let me push back from the people that are in like Southern California that yep. do nothing oh, but I'll give complain you about, right, yep. you know. People so we have we have it guest. here. We yeah. we have water enforcement and stuff like that here. I mean, here, here's the interesting thing. Again, this goes back to the internet. What's real? What's not? What what happens? Um, Southern California, you've been told all these things. You know, guys got to go waterless. They got to go rinseless. We've been told that here. You know, Lake Mead's at the lowest level in its history. They cut back on the big dogs. You know, those are the guys they're going after. They see somebody sprinkler on. Like when I I. I I have some things going on in Phoenix. If the sprinklers at my facility in Phoenix are on too long, they're going to fine us. Like they're looking at things that they can get money out of somebody with some, with something to lose. Right. 
So there's many people like detailing cars in Southern California that are in office parks that have never been bothered. Then you have other people that have been bothered. Again, it's a little bit of luck of the draw, right? And even the water enforcement here, I think if you get in trouble, it's like $25. You know, it's something ridiculous. Let's just say it's a hundred bucks. I, I don't know. It's it, But we've never really had that issue. Uh, one thing I'll say about Vegas is we have like one of the most stringent health departments because of all the casinos. It doesn't seem that OSHA really hunts the small fish here. So they seem to leave us all alone. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. All right. So if we're not concerned about OSHA, so to speaking, you're telling people we shouldn't even be concerned and don't wear gloves. I don't no, mean, I said, I, everybody I, else. I, and I, I'm going to go back to that, right? Because everybody was like, wait, what? All right. Sean, yeah, what's they up? can do what they want to do. I got to ask, because you guys yeah. both develop coatings. Maybe I was ill-informed. You're making jokes about knowing how to hold the towel and a glove. Doesn't your hand grease mess with the curing of the coating? Yeah, it, it can, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not trying to actually be funny. I don't know. I don't understand how much somebody's touching the surface. That doesn't really. No, but it, you're it, touching, you're touching the applicator. You're touching the microfiber. You're touching everything that you're trying to use to take off yeah. and apply. I mean, the I think, I think you're getting a little. The coating is going to handle most of that shit. You're not even going to really notice. That it. would yeah, be you're... one. Alex, I'm glad you said that. Say that again. That would be one argument. Shaw, I'm glad you brought that up. Don't shy away. Push the agenda because Alex, that's a great thing to talk about. Say no, that maybe I was milling for, milling I, no, 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 you're not. That's you're I not. That's why I'm saying don't yeah. back away. I'm saying yeah. don't back away because it's a, it's a valid point. Don't back away. Let's push the agenda. Alex, what did you say? Yeah. So a lot of times, a lot of contaminants and shit, um, even if it's visibly there, like you can see it on the surface, the solvents in the coating is going gonna, is gonna to take care of it. You're going to wipe the solvent on, and then you're going to buff it off with, with a clean towel. It's gonna, it takes care of a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, I always thought the reason you wear gloves when you're doing a coating is to protect your skin on your fingers from the solvent or the resin that's carrying the coating rather than protecting yeah, the other way around. And, there, and so he's Lucas is getting to my point. I don't touch... If I use a Sabler applicator or I use something like that, it's not coming in contact. It's a great question about oils on your hands and this and that. Uh, look, I've used finicky coatings in 2010. It didn't affect it. I, you know, maybe there's an argument, but it sounds like, again, somebody's maybe an internet detailer who, you know, or he's a trainer for a coating company who actually has never laid much car coating. It's a great question. I've never run into the issue and I wouldn't sit here and, and tell you that any coding and we're working with multiple things right now in my shop that, that, that we, you know, don't, that have coding type properties and we haven't seen an issue in those that we're in testing on either. Derek, I know you want to go, but let me jump in. Nick, I think the point, it's not so much the internet detailer or this, it's like, that's what everybody is taught. Like everybody teaches you put on gloves. I think that's who he's talking, talking about. No, no. That's, I mean, that's even the person that's pushing chemical companies, yeah, but it it's, matter. Yeah. everybody's pushing that way. But then you just heard somebody that's been detailing cars for 20 sure. plus years. And somebody that has been putting on coding since 2010, that's 13. And he's going, yeah, I don't understand why you're getting it all over yourself. 
So that's that's the reason why I wanted to bring that up. There is a little bit of a dynamic, which is interesting because I have gone back and forth. Sometimes I wear gloves and sometimes I just get started without them. And it is ultimately, do you get it on your skin is a question that people would have, which is why you should wear gloves in case you get it on your skin. And I guess Nick's point is, why the hell are you getting it all over yourself? You're a detail. Yeah, no, no, look, I I would just forget. I mean, I I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm just I'll just forget. Like, I mean, it's just not something in my ether. When we started detailing cars, Marty, there was no no talk of a glove. And so it's more of a habit. And if you're in the habit of wearing gloves, wear the gloves. Like that, that's great. I'm just telling you the truth of how I what I do. You know, I got some of my guys, they're always gloved up. Like, I don't think the glove can conversation. I, I see comments about certain TV shows and whatever, and they're not wearing I'm like, wear them, don't wear them. It feels like kind of personal choice to me. I just tell people how I did it. I've done a lot worse things without wearing gloves than. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 So I used to clean car parts and mineral spirits with no gloves because it would just melt the gloves and it just dried the hands out a little. So it's like, (laughs) oh, no. But uh, I I don't know. I guess my favorite guys that are asking about waterproof shoes. And I have to say the same thing. Well, I don't don't spray my fucking feet. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. (laughs) No, he's right. I wear gloves when I do coatings because I flip towels a lot. So I use I use all sides. Yeah. Sometimes I'll level, and then I'll flip the towel over to the side my hand was on, and I'll use that to as not my last towel, but as a quick, you know, scoop up before I fold the towel in half, and then I'll switch to my clean towel to do the final wipe. So over a full car, sometimes that gets the gloves a little, a little slickery, you know. Mm So, um, Sean, Lucas, obviously. do you guys also wear a respirator? No. Hell no. Hell no. I, I don't Bro, wear the gloves been... to protect myself. I wear the I've gloves because been... I was always taught that you're trying to protect the curing and finish of the coating and that the grease from and oils from your hands could ruin that. That's how why if I that coating is so particular that a little bit of oil from your hand is going to ruin the coating. I would walk away from that coating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's not that finicky. Actually, I would run. I'd run. <laughs> you guys are all smooth brains. You got to coat your hands in the tray. And <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, so you don't. Totally make it makes them easier to clean, too. Do you put it on I, like Swiss I, I wax? Like bare handed? No. Hell no. Hey, hydrophobic hands are fun. Even right off of them. All right. Good talk, down. guys. Good talk. Derek, I think it's time. It's time for the tab out question. All righty, guys. So now this one, I'm very interested to hear what everybody has to say for this one. So what is the oldest piece of equipment that you still use in your detail business to this day? For me, and this is a push for Home Depot, I have been using the same rigid vacuum for the past, I want to say, 12 years. I just keep swapping out the filters. I clean it out every couple of weeks, and sometimes I go a couple of months, but that is my baby. I love that little rigid vacuum. It's gotten rained on, and that, that the cord got – I was at a customer's house one time, and I don't know what the hell was going on with their power system. My cord started smoking. I pulled it out real quick, and now the little prongs are bent, but you bend them right back, put that shit in that thing. where It still works. I love that vacuum. 
Dude, it's I'm with like, you. People say, just, get a shot back. I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Suck. Hell rigid, no. I'm with you, man. Go to Home Depot for the rigid. I would say Ryobi, but, you know, we, we had one of those community pubs that they didn't really <laughs> like too much. You know, your knee pads got in the way of all that, so I can't say that too much. But, you know, I'm going to say for me, the uh, thing that I use in my business every day, that's the oldest thing that I use is Mr. Walters. He just hit 40 recently. And, <laughs> my God damn it, man. He's fucking wait, old. Wait, so, wait Marty, Marty, I was, I was, was going to say you can't use a person. It's too late. I already did. All right, Justin, you're up. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, that's a tough one. I've got some shit laying around like an old-ass cord and drill that I bought like 10 years ago and still have that sucker floating around. Um, Even down to some some odd-end brushes that I bought like back in 2016. But uh, something real old. Have you ever bought one? Of, remember those dog hair, the, like the hair removal brushes? They're about a foot long, and they got the bristles on them, and it's got it's the got a handle, on. and then it's I got, got all the fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. I've still, I've still got a couple of them floating around. They got like half the bristles left. This is not I use them backwards. Use the handle of it. Right, still, still got plenty of life Ooh. on it. My guys are like, "Why don't you throw this away?" I'm like, man, we still got another year worth of use on that bad boy. <laughs> like, just bend it a little bit, okay? Alex, your girl from Annalyn better not hear you using something else. I, mean, <laughs> I see the way you guys interact. You know, <laughs> she slid into my DMs a while back too. Oh, dude, she said she sent me a bunch of free shit. So, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> What'd you send? My, my, my girls in the other room probably thinking, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" <laughs> she, she's like, she's a Southern belle, but she's she lived in Memphis for a while, so she got a little hood in her. Lucas. Well, I gotta say, after racking my brain, I think the oldest thing that I still use is probably my McCulloch steamer. I don't use it super often, but. She is in a rough way. I mean, the the plastic <laughs> housing's got holes in it. One of the wheels is missing. Same it doesn't here. always turn off right away. But I tell you what, she is just trusty as can be when I need it. Dude, I had one of them break that like the front end of the whatever the nozzle broke off of it. So I was mm-hmm. out on a mobile job, and I had a I had a jet kit from a YZ250 dirt bike carburetor and my center <laughs> console. And I had you would JB just have weld. that with you. <laughs> I, had, right? I had some JB weld, like some five-minute JB weld, and that was my only saver. So I took that main jet, shoved it in there, and then I JB welded around it. In five minutes, I was ready to go. That tip lasted for like – you know, the whole other month that I had it. Peter I can never get one of oh I can never get God. one of them McCallas to last. So I just bit the bullet and went cheap and now I own two of them and they're just See, now, bad now everything's fuel injected, so you couldn't even do that today. But today. <laughs> um yeah. my, my oldest is is probably a rigid vacuum and I I have um a predator <sighs> generator that's that 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 generator impressed me, man, because I've always been like I've been a Honda guy. Um and that thing, I don't, I don't know how many hundred hours it has on it, but I was running that thing. Some jobs when I was doing more mobile stuff, I'd run that for eight hours a day. So you reminded me, Alex. Yeah, I do have something older than Nick. That thing was. Wait, I guess not. Right. Oh lord. <laughs> I do have. I the last generator I bought as a mobile detailer, I have in my garage. 
Yeah. Once you said that, I was like, oh, wait, I do. Yeah. And it's just oh, in case. I, like, why sell it? Just leave it just in yeah, case. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot right? of times, the money you can get for it, it's worth more to you to, to have it. And wow. so, since we didn't really get into the, the what we're looking forward to, not a lot of people know about this, but, oh, it's not going to show up. No, it's not going to show up. Oh, you're oh, having a baby? Congratulations, I'll have another employee. Oh, my oh, we recently Congrats, had a, we got an, Our another baby. customer that just had a baby boy, Chase. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're excited. That's big, awesome, big things happening. Oh, wait. I didn't wait, expect Marty, this big, chasers? big things are happening. No, not chasers. Okay. Well, oh, that's, cool, store, man. that's cool. Unfortunately, so my team recently purged. Um, sorry if you can't hear me. My team recently purged our bays of a whole bunch of stuff in order to tra transfer to the new store and then um, kind of start fresh. Our vacuums are pretty new. Everything is pretty darn new. You know, our newest polisher is like a, a, a what, what, Mark III Rupes, I think it is. But there was this old, like 2015, it was, it was maybe it was like first generation um, Rupes 21 ES. The first, you oh, know, of the, of the Bigfoot 21s that they had. And, and they I had a threw my, really, I was this, I was this close to throwing mine against the wall. I hate the ES. Really? I hate, hate the really. ES so much. I hate it. Hate it. It's a dog. I, I hate that tool. I don't know why, but like this specific machine, you know, it had a washer mod on it. It had the head off of it, you know, the, the platypus head off of it. So it was That's just like this, it. this cast metal, like nub. And for some reason, this machine was the smoothest, fastest, most beautiful thing in the hands of all of our machines. And it made no sense because it was so ancient and it just <laughs> refused to fall apart. And I loved it until the cord, you know, decided to euthanize itself and it stopped working. Damn. But it had just sat. And through Tesla, we have a we, we can send our machines off and do the roof as repair program through our vendors and that's just part of our chemical thing like our, our ordering system we can just send in our get back faster than everybody else it's like two weeks um yeah yeah and um i was about to send it in and i come in friday before last and the first thing i noticed there's some polishes missing and i'm like hold on hold on there's some shit missing here I call my team and I'm like, hey, yo, where's uh, where's a lot of my stuff, our stuff? And they're like, yeah, uh, we had to purge to make the move happen. It's in the dumpster. Did you go out and get it? We ordered a new one. Oh. So we're, we're actually about to order two Milwaukee M18 six inches instead. So... Shout out Lucas for letting me try that one in, in Grand Rapids when I was there. <laughs> they are they way. My God. Those you have got some, some balls. balls. <laughs> they got some balls. Um, but I'm 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 a little heartbroken that I that, that I lost this old girl. But you can still buy the ESs because for some reason Rupert still makes them. So mm. I might have to. True. Sure. Mm. Beat the hell out of it. Yeah, I still got um I think I bought it in like 2012. I still have a Harbor Freight rotary. 
and <laughs> I use it for like metal polishing. There's some race teams that I metal polish their RVs and their trailers and stuff. And then I have one of the little one inch polishes you can hook up to a rotary. So I use it for that sometimes too. It's still kicking around the shop. <laughs> that good old I've Chicago a, electric. I've got an old Ooh. Milwaukee from the car wash. I bought it in the car wash. And then when I left the car wash, I took it with me. I do have that. It's an old Milwaukee. I mean, but I just don't rotary any, like hardly anything anymore. Well, I don't. I thought you were a Makita guy. I still have a Makita. I do. Yeah. Did you guys ever use these? Not necessarily a guy of anything. Yeah, I grew up. That the Dewalt was the first one I ever used. Yeah, it was like forty pounds. Yeah, Makita was heavier. Oh yeah, got one. Dustin, the Dewalt rotary. The D, yes. My buddy had a. My buddy had the one that was a. It was a Craftsman's one that I think it was like a Dewalt slash Craftsman's one. It was, and uh, we were doing a black and red. Black and red, and we were doing an old Dodge. And he was like, talk about how bulletproof was, bulletproof was. And I had my Rios right next to him. And all of a sudden, his polisher started sparking. And he threw it down. And he looked at me. And I go, well, I guess they die eventually. I think it was it was old, though. But it still ran for a long time. Yeah. It's crazy, D-Walt, though. D-Walt in a, in a bonnet for me was my, was my start. But, <laughs> <How laughs> Nick, how many, can't beat him. how many of those units that you thought that you were done with that might have been something similar to what he just said. And when you learn the, the, the thing about unscrewing those screws and putting those new, uh, what the were they like? Them? Motor Bru- or something. Yeah. Brushes. Motor brushes or whatever. Yeah, motor brushes. brushes. Fucking yeah. motor brushes. Really? Or, or do you remember back in the day, because polish dust so much, is that you would just take the highest level of compressed air and go into every, <laughs> like, you know, wherever there was a vent, you just shove it in there and go, God, just come on, come back to life. Uh, come on, the oldest, probably cool the down, oldest thing it. that I still use is uh, I got, I did a job, like I did a, a special event with Flex and it was like some kind of breast cancer awareness so i actually have a pink 3401 that very few people have that i still have it's actually in my shop like if i if i cut paint or want to do something that that's i still would go to that uh i like you know rupes max shine doesn't matter you know that's fine but yeah that's probably the oldest thing i still have that gets some type of use that's that's been i've had that thing forever i don't even know how long ago that was they don't die. No, but they will, they will heat up to the point where you can't hold them. So (laughs) my team threw away our one year old Dewalt buffer because nobody knew how to use it. It was a, a, you know, one of the yellow new rotaries. So, you know what I did salvage that Dewalt buffer, (laughs) but I have a problem. I don't really know how to use a rotary, but now I can learn. So dude, it's, it's not as, it's not as difficult as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, back in the day, people were cutting and finishing. Finishing with the rotary is a completely different level. But if you have a DA, mowing shit down with the rotary, and then it's very easy to, to finish it up with the DA. Come back and finish it. Yeah. Look, here, honestly, here's how you the use rotary, a rotary. People are afraid of a rotary, but I, if there's a car that, that has a lot, of, a lot of hard body lines and edges and intricate places, I, I would rather, I'd rather use a rotary on it. Cause you can, you can fine tune where you're putting pressure and it's that once you start using one, they feel so smooth after using a DA for so long. 
You can scalp look, it. Look, if you don't take the, wait. if you don't take the compound bottle and sling the compound <laughs> onto the panel, you aren't using a rotary right. Like, like you gotta you gotta be like ten feet away and just take the. It's gotta be the three M too, and just <laughs> wham, <laughs> just make it slider everywhere. That that splat, that'll tell splat. you how old the guy was that taught me. <laughs> Bro, I just want to know how to get product to not sling everywhere. Have it go in at ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going and yeah. kind of roll it in there. Gotta roll it. Mm-hmm. Just remember, it's spinning like this. If I go in with the spin, it can't throw it. That's all. Oh. It's pretty, pretty basic. Trust I don't me, mean I like got picking it. it up. I mean, like when I'm on the panel and it, it is soaked into the pad. Yeah. Uh, it won't. You got to angle it right. Unless and then you use way too much product, you're, you're not going to sling much. Yeah, you won't. You won't sling. All right, yeah, just work with it. Nick, you got the best spot being there at the dealership. The number one thing that uh, we teach people is if you want to learn a rotary, be at a dealership, right? <laughs> number one, I got those be at a dealership. Number two, go get test hoods that like that you can just throw away. Those are the my number one thing is burn it on someone else's dime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will, yeah. dude. We replace faces like the bumpers multiple times a week, and you know where they go in the dumpster. So I can just pull a, a bumper out of the dumpster and now, put it on a stand to learn and have at it. That a bumper to a fender to a hood to a roof to a door, a lot of those are going to act differently. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Especially the bumpers. Yeah, plastic versus metal yeah. is, is going to yep. be a big difference. But, I'm well aware of that, especially, you know, I, I, one of the first things that I, I taught my current team that I have is um, I, I got parts to give us a, a brand new hood metal aluminum substrate there um and we took a plastic bumper and i gave them a rupes three inch a mcguire's cutting disc in m100 and i said run this until you burn it and i didn't tell them what it feels like to burn it and i said run it until you burn it you will know what it feels like and figure out how deep each of these go on each material and they did and that was such a valuable moment and i love seeing that I, I want to do that for a rotary. Yeah. I love it, guys. <laughs> All right, man. Good episode. Thanks so much for everybody having a beer with me. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Dustin, I will say, though, man, absolutely right. This guy, Taylor, that I still like. the one of my favorite dudes that worked at a dealership. But when I began working with him and when I got into distributions trying to do sales, he was working for a place that was with probably similar to what Mr. Walters started at. This was this wholesale, turn them and burn them, buzz them. And that's exactly what they did, man. I walked in and they were literally, they would throw it. It was more of a finesse of the way they (laughs) flew the compound onto the paint as much as it was the process of buzzing over. Like it was twofold. If you didn't throw it the right way, you weren't going to polish it the right way. So that is true. That is something. There's a unique part of some people in that industry that do that. So guys, thanks so much for having a beer with me. Great times. Uh, Lucas pleasure as always, Alex, two weeks in a row, yeah, hey, three weeks is a charm. I tell you that for most. I, I felt Couldn't like I was think? just on a podcast yesterday. I, I couldn't believe it was already Wednesday. Hey, it is what it is. Crazy. <laughs> Cooking with Nick. Next time, maybe we'll get to see some food. I don't know. Maybe next time. I'm maybe not next time. Brandon from Shawshank. It's always a pleasure. Mr. Walters, every time you hop in, thank you so much. And uh, Derek, always. It's a pleasure. No Thanks problem. so much for the tab out question. And 
we're looking forward to seeing all that we continue to do together. So guys, have a great night. Here's to community. Hell yeah. See you guys. Hey, community. Thanks so much. What a fun episode. These are good topics about what, what would happen if OSHA came into you or man, are, what do you think of these, all these suddenly emotional, motivational things that are coming out of the detailing industry? It is interesting. Hey, so come join us. It's a great place to be. You know, share your thoughts. If you've gotten opinions on these, go to HyperClean Specialist Group. It's there on Facebook. It's a great place for you to share your thoughts, just the way we did here on the episode. This is Marshall. Make it a great day.